Ta-da! Oh, look at you, Luke. Look at you. You know, it's a fun game that our Patreon people play whenever we invite them to a live show. Do you know what that game is? Who who seems like they have their life more together in the moment, you or me? No, no, but that's another really good game that they should start. The game is, what is on Luke's dry erase board behind him? <laughs> and it's so funny, because for the longest time, they were like, Catechism? What was that? You know. Sam, so it was funny. They were, yeah, they were trying to figure figure that out one time. It was pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome. We have good fans. We have good fans. And you, too, can we have be the best a, fans in the world. Can be a real fan. And I will put them up against any other podcast. And, in fact, I've already contacted Joe Rogan. Fight. fight He's going to MC. Fight. fight. We're gonna go. We're gonna go UFC style to the you know losers over at Pints with Aquinas and the Crunch. <laughs> I feel like we could beat up the Crunch, but we probably would lose to Pints with Aquinas. There'd be some weird trad that's just jacked. <laughs> Luke, let me just say before we begin our wonderful topics, you, you know what I'm doing tomorrow? Uh, you're going out of town. I'm gonna make a pilgrimage to with my family Ooh. to the Magnolia Silos. Do you know what that is? The place where the people who have the stuff at Target. Yeah, Chip and Joanna Gaines. Oh, listen, I'll be honest. I'd be you don't seem too enthused about that. I, I'd be I'd be excited. Okay, because I've already been number one. <laughs> number two, what every man tells me when they pull me when they step away from their wife and pull me to the side is, listen, dude, it's all just a bunch of overpriced stuff from China. It looks really nice, but it's just a bunch of overstife <laughs> overpriced stuff from China, and it is, and it does look really nice. But it's the thing that they do. The little chip sprinkling magical pixie dust mm-hmm. is there's all these spaces for just chilling while the crazy people in your life are shopping until they drop. It's not like a you're not walking to a Walmart, right? You're walking into a store that's a little bit bigger than a shed that has 15 things in it artfully placed like an Etsy photograph. You know how like you mm-hmm. look at a bookshelf that's just for like a podcast wall mm-hmm. and there's like 15 books on it, even though it could hold several thousand. Yeah. Right. That's what every store is like. And so Let's the only honest, store I'm going like, to a millennial mecca right now. <laughs> we have to do we have to do this thing where we walk around it seven times and we put our hand in a box. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just combined Hinduism. Mumford and Sons. The Mumford and Sons. <laughs> Kristen Wig. Kristen Wig. Oh, dude, that's funny. But um I'll say a couple things that they did great. They they have a wiffle ball park, so the kids just play wiffle ball with the kids. They have a a big area where they play kickball, and it's right in front of the big silos. But two things that we're doing on top of that is we're going to go to the Dr. Pepper Museum, because that's like two minutes away by walking. Like a gentleman. And uh, one of our Patreon fans said, uh, it's worth going. If you go, to, if you go there, go to the thing. Go to the Dr. Pepper Museum. So we're going to do that. And then on... <sighs> on tomorrow, Friday, we are going to the Mammoth Museum. Ooh. So there's a real-life dig site where, of a woolly mammoth, and they've kind of turned it into a national park thing. So it's pretty cool. You can participate in a fake dig you know, with your kids. They have like replica that's in the dirt, and you get to dig it out or whatever. So, um, yeah, so that's what we're doing. Doing that with another family, and we're gonna go to cabins, and the cabins is an Airbnb cabin where they have like a water park nice. and all this stuff. So that sounds great. Yeah, so yeah, so we we call this homeschool privilege, where <laughs> we, we we let everyone go on vacation for Labor Day, and then we go the following week, and we start it on a Friday because because we can. That's because awesome. We can. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What are you doing this weekend? Everly and I are gonna be hanging out. 
Hopefully she won't be sick. She's been sick <laughs> recently. A, good- a little bit of a stomach thing, so that's fun. Yeah. And if she is still a little bit un- under the weather, we'll be watching a lot of Beauty and the Beast. Aww. She likes to alternate between the cartoon version, the real version, as I call it, the of a 30th an- anniversary special, which isn't terrible. It's got some pretty cool parts. And then the mm. and then the live action film, which is terrible. So yeah, so terrible, so terrible. So yeah, can't. God wait. bless him for trying, but uh, so terrible. All of them are terrible, except for Cinderella. Cinderella was okay. I actually don't mind the Beast in the live action um, version, but yeah, everything else sucks. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about your topic. You came prepared. I yeah, I was in my car. And I, sorry, this is going to sound very weird, but, um, so I was in Arizona this past weekend and Emily gave me this thing for my feet. It's something like a, if you put on your feet for like a while and it's, it'll make your like skin peel off after like Go a couple on. of days. And so my skin has started to peel off. I just pulled off a big chunk. So basically what people at home need to know is Luke is picking at his feet now i can't see his feet but i I have known this whole time that that's what he's doing (laughs) i'm trying to hold in the vomit but you know what sometimes you just gotta let it fly i can't help but do things while we are are talking i just have to one time i was clipping my nails Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just Mm -hmm. you know you're like you can hear that i was like (laughs) it's funny when you said that because you're like i do this all the time with work calls and i'm like and now you know everyone's (laughs) revolted at the work call this is so much skin coming off i want to okay i don't want to hear about it at all (laughs) okay i'm not gonna gonna pretend like it's not skin it's elmer's glue we all did that when we were in middle school or elementary school i want to show you a piece of it um all right nope so i was i was in the car and it started to hit me that uh 20 years ago i had just arrived in Gaming, Austria, our school, the Franciscan University of Steubenville, otherwise known as the Mothership on this podcast, has a study abroad program that is quite incredible. And um, how it works is you study in the small town in Gaming, Austria, at a very old monastery that has um, this that has a beautiful church. It's a beautiful um, building. One of the tomb of one of the Holy Roman emperors is right in front of the altar. So you go past it every time you go for communion. It is a wonderful experience. It is a wonderful thing. And I was like, wow, 20 years. Wow. And Austria, for a lot of people, is a pretty pr- profound experience just because of how it is arranged, the time period of uh, the time period of your life, which you are going to do. You are able to travel over the weekend. You take um, multiple breaks during the year to go. And I think we had two 10 days, right? Or is it one a yeah. 10 day? Is yeah. it two 10 days? Yeah, that's right. Two there 10 was day a breaks. free 10 day and then a school 10 day. That, that is right. Yeah. Where you, and that's where you are able to travel for 10, 10 days. It's just you learn a lot about yourself as a person. You learn a lot about other people. It is a period of tremendous growth. And I thought, you know, I, we talk about Austria a bunch on here. And I was like, how fun would it be if we maybe came up with top 10 um, lessons from Austria? And mm. I wanted to do it not like for like, hey, here's the thing that I like. I'm learned about myself as a 20 year old, but what are th- what could I reflect on during my time there and say, here are some top ten humble lessons for us from our time in Austria now as now as like as like 40 year olds. I think one of the great traditions of the church is like really placing a large emphasis on on like wisdom, and that comes through understanding and knowledge. And I thought, huh, well, this would be kind of fun to like really take some time to reflect on our time there for some tips for us for right now that we can put in, in, into practice right right now. So you said yes 
I think, or you said, well, actually, your no, response was, I way s- to keep living in the past. <laughs> way to keep living in the past, Luke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's over. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. Um, no, but I think it's a good idea. I like it. Yeah, so yeah, so we're going to have a, 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 like a, a Catching Foxes top 10 list, and I, I thought we could maybe do a five-minute timer for each one. I've got this new timer thing that I bought for myself, and <laughs> I will do a timer for for like for each of us it'll go beep 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 a lot like my alarm clock in austria while i was there cool 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 so i'm down i got it i'm ready to rock right. i got my five do you want to start and f- i think they're going to be different than your five good good all right you start first starting right now okay so i went a year after luke i should have Boo. gone with luke and adam i was my biggest mistake of college sure i 100 own it i went my senior year it was my senior year for people that know. I went my fall semester, 2004. Now, I love the people that I went with, especially the people I was close to, the army of the absurd, as I call them. Um, but this is the first lesson I took from a semester abroad in college, reflecting on it as a 41-year-old bastard, uh, 41-year-old man. Sorry, Franciscan. Um, <laughs> please tweet this episode out. Please. <laughs> please. Please, please, please. Is this my love and hatred for home. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so the way I think of this is, uh, well, number one, I'm going to have to ask Luke to disable his camera while he's picking up. This is, this has <laughs> I to can't stop. stop. This has, just, just turn the camera <laughs> okay, off. Okay, I don't okay, want to okay. see. I will stop. I will stop. This. Okay. Here it's we all go. Just so love and hatred at home. So addicting. Start the timer. Start the timer. Okay. Love and hatred at home. So when you're abroad, you notice, and part of the joy of traveling, everyone knows. That. So I want to get past the cliches. Yeah. yeah. But everyone knows that. You see the world from an, a new perspective when you're the odd man out, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter where you are, where you go. You can be in your own country. You can be in your own state. You can be in your own city, but if you're in the, the wrong part of town, a different part of town, all of a sudden you see it through a different lens, and it causes you to reflect on your home, like the familiar things, the things that were foreign that are no longer foreign, how much you love things that remind you of home mm-hmm. when you're abroad, mm-hmm. and how you... You think of those things, and I don't just mean your family, but obviously family is one. Like a lot of people get homesick. My wife got homesick. I did not. I am not a homesick kind of person. My wife got so homesick, she called home literally every single day, which is insane because that's when it costs a fortune to do that stuff internationally. Um, That didn't bother me at all. I was dating Shannon at the time, and I think I called her three times. Uh, <laughs> and then she flew out with Luke to visit me, and I broke up with her because I'm a broken sure man. Did. Um, Can't yeah, have one so, week Either of us, I created drama that weekend. You created drama that that weekend. We're just oh, we're just great. He's a crap. <laughs> uh, the other thing them? is hatred of home. Uh, and let me mm-hmm. talk about hatred of home. One of the things you notice is like Urs, the bar that we went to. Urs, uh, the bar that we went to that I closed down every Thursday night um, or Wednesday night, whatever it was, was uh, you know th- people own stuff for generations. There's history there that doesn't exist in the United States, and there's a lot of pros with being a young country, right? It's funny. Our, our government is older than all European governments for the most part. Not all of them, but for m- many of them. But our country is younger than all of them, right? Mm-hmm. And um, But the experience of it was an experience of when I come home, I'm coming home to suburbia with big box retail stores, mm-hmm. with national chains that mean nothing, that do nothing, that care nothing. You know, I come home with everything feels such a um, my my you experience like life as a commercial, like you're just buying one consumer thing, whether it's a restaurant or a bar or whatever. 
Um, when I was in Europe, my experience was like, you know, being in Vienna and eating at the place that Charlemagne ate at, uh, you know, <laughs> in the Christmas day or the day after Christmas year 800 or whenever he was crowned as the Holy Roman Emperor. He ate at a restaurant, it's the oldest European restaurant, it might be the oldest restaurant in the world. And I ate there. And you're like, th- th- even if the stuff they serve is the same stuff that I can get across the street at a place that opened up a month ago there's history culture they don't serve austrian food they call it food right like like we (laughs) go to all these places that you know george carlin has a great big you know whenever someone calls it italian cuisine it's not that's all marketing and um but this experience of like history okay i'm gonna get into the history stuff but the experience of like i'm in this place and this is this place's reality and when i'm back home there was this element of when i'm here I'm I'm walking among the tombstones of Madison Avenue, right? I'm mm. out of Chili's. Mm-hmm. No, Chili's sucks, man. I'm going to go to Friday's. Friday's blows. We're going to Applebee's, ironically. So you go to, like, you do these different things, and you're like, oh, this all just feels rehearsed and fake. And so Europe caused me to love the things of home, and it caused me to hate the things of home when you realize, like, so much of it is consumeristic. But the things I love... Uh, obviously, this is not a. I hate America. I freaking love America. Take that, Germany and Austria. But the experience of being there, you're like, wow, a Catholic culture, the arts, mm-hmm. all of this stuff, yeah. their own version of all of these things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like we have the commercialized mass. I guess so let me say this: it's a, it's the difference between a culture that grew organically and locally as a culture. As a civilization hmm. oh, versus a, good point. a culture yeah. that almost from the beginning was birthed in this notion of mass, mass conversation, mass media, mass this, mass, you know, and pop culture, pop music, yeah. pop whatever, which, you know, I love, but I also hate that I love it, right? How can you the apply donuts the, of the cuisine world? How can you apply that to your life right now in 30 seconds? Yeah, exactly. Is finding those spots at home that feel as much as they can like back there, hmm. right? Yeah. Or helping build that exact thing. That's what I feel like I'm doing at, at presentation. That's I feel cool. like I'm building something for 400 years. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That actually yeah. ties into mine and the alarms. Oh, there it is. Good job. Oh, nice. Now, so do, do you have a, like a thing you could show me like last minute, hold it up to the camera or something? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's If fancy. I can have okay. some in the background somewhere. Put it on. I'll put it on my shoulder. Put it on your dry erase board. <laughs> Actually, see. I mean, this is gonna be. This is. We are the most cumbersome podcast ever. We are. We are. You don't have to do it at all. Just hold it up when there's a minute, and then I'll know to wind I'm down. I'm not gonna remember to do that. I can't see the clock there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looks like trying to carefully to, position it, wish, and, and there's like a glare from his eyes. Sure yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So I could just set a timer. Yeah. I don't. You okay. Get go. Your own timer. Yeah. Actually, this is really funny that 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 was uh, that that was yours because mine is take the time to enjoy and understand the area around you. So, your boy Luke spent a lot of money in in the beginning. I think I've told the story how yeah, we, were at, we were at Urs one night, and I was and there was an ATM uh, right in, next to Urs at a bank, at an mm-hmm. Austrian bank. And your boy one time was like, "I want to buy drinks for everyone." Went and got one hundred euros. And bought everyone's. Bought, <laughs> oh, stop it! That's such a loose yeah, move. I was, I'm sorry. I never I was, bought anyone. Yeah, you're a, which is so funny. Actually, I bought. Okay, never mind. I funded Jonathan. <laughs> I funded a lot of Jonathan's <laughs> life. Haven't we all? No, but 
so I ran out of money pretty quickly. I remember being on the tent and being like, oh, no. <laughs> and so um, huh. uh, which is like probably maybe about two thirds way through. And so I was like, well, because I'll be staying back. And so I, if I'd cut back my spending a little bit, I probably would have could have gotten maybe like one more weekend, like sh- stretch some things out, perhaps. But mm-hmm. um, I'm actually glad that I didn't. I, I mean, sure, there's probably some things that I that I did um, that I did miss. But Gaming's incredible. Gaming's yeah. an incredible um city, and that forced me to like stay in Gaming and to understand um Gaming and to enjoy and get to know Gaming a bit, which was and Jonathan's money problems. He almost got sent home. I said, hey, you're a friend of mine. I'm going to stay here with you. It was the first weekend when they did the Danube trip. Oh, yeah. Everyone loved it. Yep. I didn't get to go. Yep. And I stayed with Anna. We just ripped Gomming apart. We went every corner. I 100% agree. It's amazing. Gomming's awesome. an amazing city. And you feel like you're in this weird version of Disneyland, but better because it's real. It's just so clean and so pristine. It's so gorgeous. And there's just yeah. so much to do. There's so much to go and um, see. And I just remember being like, oh, no, no, this is great. This is really great. And I got to know. Yeah, there's a waterfall. There's a book. There's a cave. Did you oh, do the, the cave? cave? Oh, the cave was amazing. Oh, the cave was amazing. So you basically, too. I believe it's it's closed off now, but you would like crawl under this thing, which now as an adult, I would get extremely claustrophobic because you are crawling through a thing. Yeah. No yeah. bigger than, say, like a chair. You're, and that's like, and it's like a cave that could just collapse on you. Yeah. And then you get to the the other side, and this huge um, cavernous area where there's um there's stuff um written on on the walls that's in Russian, in Latin, in like German, and then American English from the later twenty part of the twentieth um, early twenty first um century. It's a thousand uh, years of people um writing on the the wall, and like no one yeah. can see it unless you're in this space. And it was it, absolutely yeah. one of the coolest things I have ever seen. And what was and why I bring that up is I think for me, I, you know, I'm stuck in Dayton now and <laughs> Hey, it's the cardboard box capital of America. <laughs> That's probably That's true. It is. Uh, uh, well, yay. But my, like, <laughs> my point is though, is that I know Dayton through the eyes of someone like, you know, 10 to 18 and I don't know it as an adult. And I'm like, you know what? I really want to take, like, if I'm going to be, be stuck here, I really want to take the time to enjoy, find great things about Dane and really, like, call it my own and not yeah. have it be so, like, rooted in nostalgia, though that stuff is great, but, like, find new things to call my own. There's a lot of amazing things around it, a lot of really great neighborhoods, a lot of really cool bars and restaurants and just parks and different things to go and do and to go and um, see. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I want to, like, I remember that being such a profound thing while I was in Austria was how much I just loved being in Gaming and how much I loved exploring yeah. Gaming and exploring the Cartalza and the history of the Cartalza and all that stuff. So I really yeah. want to try to do that for where I am now because I think there's a lot when our vacations are in like places like Disney World or other things like like that. There's just I think we can have a tendency to think all the fun stuff is outside of where I am. No matter where you are, yeah. and you have to be like, unless you're in like New York City or something like that, or, or just a huge um, city. You know what's funny? When I went to New York City, I was hanging out with some locals, mm-hmm. and they said, "Well, what are you doing?" And so I start listening, and they go, "All the touristy stuff," and I said, "Yeah, but it's also the historical stuff." And this one person got really melancholy looking, mm-hmm. and they said, "You know, I've lived here my whole life, and I haven't seen any of that stuff." And that it's like part of loving your home, and like I was saying, like love of home, hatred of home is. What if you were to view your own town or your city or whatever at like a tourist? Mm-hmm. Where would you go? Yeah. 
what would you recommend? What haven't you done? You know, I have friends that live in St. Louis their whole life, never been to the arches. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, let's do it. Let's see what it's like. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to like almost fall in love with Dayton again. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. Where, where do they make all that cardboard? I honestly have no idea. Let's find out. Let's just <laughs> find let's out. Go. Let's, I'm here for the cardboard costume costume. tour. Sir, this was a um, Simpsons episode <laughs> and a box. I'm trying to not curse. You are so welcome, yeah. Franciscan. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to a Dr. Pepper museum, so think about that. <laughs> yeah, it's the most Texas thing ever. Beep, beep. Yeah. yeah. So my second thing, one of the things I loved the most. Okay, so I'm going to set my timer here. Start is school slapped different that's how i that's how i titled this go on when i went to austria i you're supposed to take a minimum of five classes but i was a senior i had already surpassed the amount of credit hours i just had a handful of classes that i needed to hit um under different categories and so i'm basically there to graduate i only needed like 12 credit hours so I, i was able to work it in the system by deception to maintain 12 <laughs> credit hours and still be on campus because if you got 15 that that was the bare minimum so but the classes i chose were hard classes mm-hmm. i had a 300 level psychology like personality the psychology of the human personality or something yeah, like that yeah and it was a 300 le- and it was all like freud and jung and eric erickson it was all their theories of personality and where personality comes from conscious subconscious all that stuff and it was incredible, and they ran out of textbooks, and I didn't get a textbook. So I had to borrow textbooks from other people, and I failed. I didn't fail. I, I got low grades on all the tests, but the professor loved me so much. He let me do all this extra credit because he knew I didn't have this textbook, and yeah. people would take – and they, did, they studied terribly, so they would be like, no, I'm going to keep it for a week, and it just drove me insane. Yeah. But I love that class. I took a history and development of European Union, all that stuff. So that's one thing. It was like the level of classes were – Different because the professors lived there in this little microcosm that was the university. Now, obviously, most of them spoke German. They could interact in broader Austrian culture. They had lived there for years. So Mm -hmm. they had, you know, they were there. They were more than just a guest. But when their interaction with the students was, we're American, they're American, we have this thing. And to see your, your, your professors at lunch, at dinner, Walking around the campus, you know, being present, being invited over to their house. Mm-hmm. Like we were at uh, Professor Fujus's house recording two songs so that Jonathan could get a music scholarship to this thing that he was applying to. I can't even remember what it was. Like all these different things that we did. Mike Hahn, Dr. Hahn's son, we, me and Luke were friends with him. He was a grad student there in Gama. Oh, that's at the right. Grad school. He I was at ITI when that. I was there. Yeah. And I didn't hang out with him a lot. We hung out, I think, two, maybe three times. But one of the things that I did with Bart Kennedy, uh, who is the most terrifying man alive now, but uh, with Bart, I would go into the library all the time. And I, that's where I started like exploring and broadening my intellectual life more so than like, okay, I, do, I know these things, so I'm going to study these things more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through and I'm pulling out books and I'm pulling all this stuff out. And I just remember just sitting in the library and realizing like there's a culture of learning here. That that feels like even though Franciscan was a small school, it felt like uh, it felt much smaller. Yes, it felt much that's more, very true. In, mm-hmm. and it felt interactive with the whole of student life. Like the admin, the faculty, and the student body were all the same. Now, I also held a job. I was uh, the head of the trash department, so I went into all of the professors' offices and all the classrooms, and I cleaned all the trash and did all that stuff. And with the student body, I did all their 
the stupid, you know, once a week trash night where they're like, previous uh. people sang songs. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not sitting there doing a song and dancing. Like, people love it. And I'm like, it's trash. And I got to climb into a bin at the end of the night. No, thank you. <laughs> but I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I loved I loved having a job. I got to meet so much more so many more people having a job on campus in beautiful cartels. I got to see part and then the last thing was ultra serving. I was the uh, head ultra server so and I much, created the yeah. ultra server schedule. Yeah. <laughs> My your little heaven. But uh <laughs> when I started going to these things, it was like, okay, so you're gonna be in Rome. How you know you have eight ultra servers. Who are you going to use for the mass of St. Peter's Basilica? And I'm like, well, I guess me and my household brother. <laughs> Who are you going to use? So I served at St. Peter's Basilica. I sat mm-hmm. at the at like where popes and bishops yeah. sit for mass, yeah. like in, in St. John Lateran. I served at one of the oldest churches, the St. Clements in Rome, that mm-hmm. has like the dig underneath that's like go yeah. like and then one there. level down yeah. is yeah. from the six hundreds, and one level down yeah. is from the first century. And you're like, <gasps> yeah. I'm going to serve mass here. <laughs> yeah. So it's I pretty incredible. Myself. It's yeah. that's the thing. I don't remember who convinced me to do that. I know me and uh, Fazzy did it. It may have been um, Fazzy. I'm so glad that I did that. I forgot that I did that. It was one of the most, it was yeah. one of the coolest. So what can you like apply to your life on now? Yeah. That's a great now. question because what I've discovered is it, the closest thing to that is seminar style learning that I felt like. Mm. And, so here's my direct. So this this also okay. I, I don't want to be a, a weird here, but it builds on the culture that I'm kind of creating. I see education, life, faith, family as a seamless garment, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I am. I'm. I teach uh, high school CCD at my parish with families that I feel like hmm. I am building relationships with. Right. And, and on top of that, I, my kids go to this once today was their first day of school. They do a one day a week elective thing at our church and they have like sacred music and sacred art and all sorts of stuff. And it's cool because it's all these families that are getting to know each other and not all of them go to the parish they go to the, the Thursday thing, but they're growing in their admiration of this thing called Catholic culture. That that's just as much American as it is British, as it is European, Hmm. as it is Asian, as it is African. And it's cool, like when you immerse yourself into it, and I'm teaching on Sundays, and I'm, you know, I'm an active member of the community. Like it's all of these layers that I see that makes, I think, my experience of Austrian education part of life, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having a be like, there were several days where our personality class, he would just say, We're going to the Kartalza Brow and we're or Kartalza, and we're just going to drink beer. I'm going to pay for it. And we're just going to talk through Freudian, like the id, the ego, and the super ego. And we're just going to talk through all the readings that you did for the last like two weeks. And that made it feel like I felt like I learned more doing that than I would have studying for a test. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, because it was class. It was still class, but he required all of us and we're drinking. So already double plus good. Yeah. So, uh, so like yeah. And we're drinking beer mm-hmm. that was older than Columbus setting sail oh, for America. So good. Oh, I was, that was a brown. Raise to, a glass. Yeah, seriously. I'm trying so hard to make, to have this just not be like, oh, the path. We're just like, oh, that was so good. Oh, that was great. Oh, yeah. oh my God. But yeah, no. It, yeah. So school slap different. That's yeah, it did. It really did. That's, that's a really good point. And I think. Just kind of add to that, like it was for for me that was a time to really pursue things that I love because I had a ton of I had just switched over to history, 
there's a ton of history that I took. Oh, there was, I think it was pr- the, almost like food and yeah, stuff. Almost all of it was history. I took it um, a philosophy course, but it was like for me, it was kind of the stuff that I love. It was very enriching in that way, and it, 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 I was yeah. able to say, "Hey, okay, like I like this. This is what I learned. I like this. I like these are the things that I enjoy. Like really, really enjoy from an intellectual standpoint." So. Yeah, that's I also I'll say I, I appreciate more the history of the European Union of, of Europe, number one, of European Union mm-hmm. as a as an entity that exists and it's it's mm-hmm. fragile nature. I can appreciate that most of history has been dictated by France and Germany fighting each other or France <laughs> and England fighting each other or, or France, France and, and Italy France. fighting yeah. each other. <laughs> I also have a deeper respect for Charles de Gaulle mm-hmm. holding post war uh france post-world war ii france together and bringing it into the modern era or you know the contemporary era after you know vichy france and all that stuff of world war ii i mean the guy was a giant but also discovering like the beautiful history of austria like austria Mm -hmm. is so overshadowed by germany it's yeah and when you actually yeah gk chesterman has this great line where he said austria should have gotten the title of germany and he has this whole th- historical kind of theory around because when Germany did its unification, think of Germany as an ancient country. It's not. It was eighteen seventies, whatever mm-hmm. the yeah. the culture comp was that brought all the princedoms under one thing. And it was Austria, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, that kind of had these names, the Österreich. Yeah, there's just this brilliant and interesting history that I got of Central Europe that I got yeah. to discover Agreed. more than just what Americans get from Columbus and, and the English. It really opens your eyes to like the broader world and what happened to make the broader world, the broader world, which absolutely when you're there absolutely. and you're seeing that and you're open to that and you're really trying to understand that that's a pretty fascinating yeah. thing to see how it impacts your everyday life actually. Yeah. And my next one flows into this. So I'm, I'm trying my best to shut up. So <laughs> go Luke, you go to number three. All right. So, um, number three, well, sorry, I'm a number two. Well, number three, I don't know, whatever. This is my number two. Oh, no, two. no, number two. Number two, sorry. This is my number yeah, two. Cool slap yeah. different. That was number two. Um, <laughs> let's do 20 minutes on like w- what's actually happening. <laughs> Make a season for something with a beginning and an end. So and a thing that will surprise no one, and I'm trying so hard to not pick up my feet. I appreciate it. I really wish I had that. taken the semester off from dating. It would have made so many people's lives just more peaceful, yeah. particularly Maggie Smith. But like everyone just probably could have benefited from me not dating for a semester. <laughs> and I think for me, there was a, there's a real time blindness at, at, at times that, that I have that I have to uh, account for. And I think part of that is understanding, like, hey, there is an end. And I remember at the end of my time of being like, what if I had just like not been dramatic about girls? Or like really tried. Would, would that have been great? And just and but would it have been Luke? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, probably not. But there is like something about like saying I'm going to enter into this season right now, and I, I and I'm I'm talking about things that are you're actually intentional about, not like life happens and you enter into a um, season and that's okay. Like I've I'm in a season right now of insane busyness. I'm in two grad school courses. I have work. I've got the I've got the podcast. I'm a dad to Everly. I've got a lot of stuff going on. That's not counting like just all of the normal stuff. So I'm doing some things. I'm like, hey, this is like a season of business, and I need to be okay with that. And there are some things I'm going to do that I might not do otherwise. Like I'm hiring a house cleaner to come and help with 
Oh, because I'm stretching the budget a bit by doing that, but I, I don't have time. You know, like I legit yeah. like it's like tonight I was working. I had a thing at seven o'clock. Then I had to come back and I had to get ready. Then I had, then I had to uh, record. When am I supposed to do the dishes? Yeah. You know, it's just, and that's, and now there are ways to do all this stuff. And I agree, but like to try, I, we would rather say, what can I cut out right now? Like this is this this is a season. But right now, what can I cut out? Yeah, that I don't really need to do. If that's an occasional help for an extra, like you know, eighty bucks a month for like an hour a week, is that that's okay, right? You know, and and that's right. and I think saying yeah, this, this is for a, a season of of time, or this is the thing that I'm doing. Like Austria really helped me. Kind of, it's weird because it pulls you out of everything. Everything that you yeah. knew was just gone. And you're an entirely um, different thing with a different group of people, but then like half of them are the same, but you're in a totally different context. And it just wrecks any sort of walls or any sort of preconceived um, notions that, that, that you have about a lot of um, different things. And I, and, but it's for a season. There's a beginning and there, and there, and there, and there is an end. And I think it's totally, I think there's actually something kind of cool about the idea of like, hey, for like, a, you know, so for the next three months, I'm going to play a lot of tennis or I'm going to do this and I'm going to stop. I'm here. I don't have to make this my new hobby. I don't have to make this my uh, my um, new thing. But for like for a, um, a season of time, I'm going to get into this thing. I'm, I'm going to to do this. And on the flip side of that is the fact that like everything does end. And mm-hmm. in Austria, I remember being like, mm-hmm. "Yep, I'm done now." Like I was really done by then. I wanted to go home desperately. Mm-hmm. Now I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the heck out of it. One yeah. of my one of the best nights of my life was like a night we all had the right at the end where we ended up going to this party with all the cartel um you know like so this thing over christmas the Krampus. i think most people are now i'm familiar with them because of the film and like other stuff so at the end of like that there's this huge party in this hall and we all end up going there and it was just the best night ever honestly one of the best nights of my life it was so much fun yeah but like i was ready to go home i was done yeah, it's the season, and it's okay for things to end, and like things, and like things do end, and under yeah. and understanding that actually, I think kind of helps. For me, it helps me enter in, into other things more, and being able willing to give up. There, are, I'd like to spend that eighty dollars on other things, but for right now, it's really going to help in this area because it's just for a season, and I think it's a prudent thing to actually do during this season of of life, and I. As Americans, we tend to be very all or all or nothing. I think that can be kind of hard to comprehend that, like, this is just for like a season. Can I read you some quote? Yeah, uh, please. this quote that I please. so I have this. Um, someone sent me this little journal, um, just a simple little three hearts, That's Jesus, amazing. Mary, Joseph, and it's a nice little like prayer journal, cool, but, but I that. use it for nefarious purposes. <laughs> just kidding. Well, sort of a stoicism. So I'm writing down these uh little quotes that hit That's that's not ten minutes. It was five minutes. That's been five. It's five. It's five. Okay. I, I I'm set it to five, not not ten. Oh, if we have, okay. If we well, do so ten. It'd be a hundred minute episode there, bud. Let's do it. So <laughs> Seneca Seneca has this line where he says, "The biggest mistake we make is thinking that death is in the future. You are dying every day. Your twenties are okay. So this is the guy speaking to it. Your twenties are dead. <laughs> you will never get this morning back. You will never get last night back. Every day we are dying." Death is happening right now. All you have is right now. Memento mori, right? So their understanding of memento mori, remember your death, was like, you. we keep thinking death is some crazy thing in the future. Mm-hmm. 
like oh that sucks and he's like no you will never have this morning that you had with your kid or with your you know whatever with your spouse with your this with your that you you will never have austria again (laughs) it's dead like and even if you were to fly back you would be flying back as a 40 plus year old man not a college student not a bunch of not not and not with any of those expectations and excitement you'd be like even if you came again like my roommate did when i went to austria it was same old same old like for him because he had seen a bunch of stuff so his excitement was more paired to okay well what did i miss the last time and maybe i'm more comfortable going alone because all these other people are you know they're gonna go see lazoo or paris Mm -hmm. i already did that so i'm gonna go do some weird thing that i want to do no it's cool like totally awesome but like i'm just saying Mm -hmm. like yeah that's dead it's dead for us but austria i would agree austria teaches you like this was the most incredible thing but the reason why it was incredible is because it was finite yeah yes yes 100 percent. because like It, I mean, after a while, like, then it just becomes normal college. Yeah. And it's just not. It's, it's just not. And it's, and it's, there is a season, and you can't do that all, like, all the time because yeah. then you're just being irresponsible. But it, <sighs> it's so great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Your so my turn. Five minutes. Numero three oh. All right. I already hit my timer. So five minutes. I've been doing 10 minute topics. Crap. <laughs> I noticed. So this one I called <laughs> History as Life. Okay. History as Life. And, I kind of already touched on it, but one of the things about studying abroad f- from an American perspective is, you know, I live in Houston. The oldest building around here is 50 years old, right? We Or, or 100 years old. We do a tour of a house like, this was a plantation. You're like, ah, I feel uncomfortable now, right? Like, But, like, that's it. Like, that's what we got. Um, things are not in Texas to, or in Houston. Things are not 200 years old. There's a beautiful church downtown called Annunciation, and it was what they call the Mother Church. So it was the church before it got a cathedral. And as a Mother Church, it was in charge of about 50 other churches that that ended up coming to be. And it was super powerful and, and in terms of like being there and being a part of it. Like you feel like you're stepping into history. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're in Europe, you know, as a Catholic, as a Roman Catholic in Southern Europe or in Ireland, you get to see history, but you get to see history. Not just as it was, but also as it is. And as a devout Roman Catholic young adult going to Ireland and being the youngest person at a Sunday Mass by multiple decades, the, to the point where the old people want to come up, they, they literally, the priest during his homily said, and we have all these young people from America who are here, we're going to have coffee and donuts or coffee and whatever in the parish hall coffee just and so you can meet them. Alcohol. That, that, that's amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that you guys did that. Yeah, so we, yeah, That's so cool. I did. I it was, it was me, one guy, and a, and nine women, and uh, nine college girls. <laughs> the odds were ever in my favor, but I looked like a cave troll, so they weren't. Yeah, and, you were dating uh, so we someone, went and, and, and literally, <laughs> yeah, literally, women were like the elderly women were like touching our cheeks and pinching our cheeks, being like, "Are you real? Like you're at mass and you're a young adult. Like, are you doing a thing? Like, are you raising awareness for something?" It's like. No, just, you know, Holy Day of Obligation. And they're like, I don't even know what that means. So when I mean history, I don't just mean when you walk around Italy or when you're driving around or taking a train through Austria, you see these, you know, you're going through a city and you see like a street corner with a square and there's this Marian image that's been on the side of an apartment building for 200 years, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously touched up over the, over the, especially when cars became a thing, but 
uh, you see Marion grottos on the side of the road that used to be small local pilgrimage sites and you know like or, or or a statue of the sacred heart or crucifixes with little you know those little triangle roofs over mm-hmm. a crucifix and people would walk there and so you like feel this history and then you go to san marco plaza in venice or um you're going through and you're looking at the graveyard where they buried the holy roman emperors and this at this impoverished little franciscan church and how they died in their little funeral rites or you go to the great cathedrals and you're like hundreds of years went to build this thing and i get to stand in it today and then part of it is like this this lament of and it's empty except of tourists not worshipers mm-hmm. right this experience of like my heart aching for for europe that has left the god who loves them and shaped their entire like they don't have a worldview they don't even have a flag without what christ gave us mm-hmm. and and it's like look at what we've done we've ruined it and so part of the historicity is like seeing where we've been and all this beauty and grandeur and splendor and realizing that God has no grandchildren, that he's a father or he's nothing. And for many people in Europe, sadly, they don't know God as their father. And it breaks, and honestly, it breaks my heart. So it's a beautiful historicity, right? You know, these lands are thousands of years old with history that you can touch. But then you, you come to the U.S. And I grew up in, you know, Native America, right, in Oklahoma. But those tribes, a lot of them were forcibly settled, right, mm-hmm. from Trail of Tears and all that stuff. So even they, as people groups, right, they didn't have their own history there specifically. You know, I mean, they did after that. But um, so, yeah, it's just this interesting thing of like how history is so interwoven and I get to step in. And as a Roman Catholic, I experience it a little bit differently, right? I relate to it differently. These aren't historical landmarks. This is my faith. This is the faith of my fathers and mothers that have gone before me. And that's being forsaken by their great, 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 great grandchildren, you know. But at least we got Britpop out of it, huh? Huh? Thank God. Huh? Oh, thank God. Huh? It's kind of making a comeback. Is, but... No, I'll just add that. Like, it's super. Um, beep, beep. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't stop it. Once it's, it's just. Uh, oh, that's beautiful. I know. I love it's it. great. Uh, apparently, you know, like ADHD, time blindness, blah, 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 blah. So. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, no, I have one of those clocks, too. Yeah, I did. Too. So helpful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really could have used that in college. No, but it. You see the juxtaposition between, like, the split of, of grace of grace and nature. In a yeah. real way, because you see, like, a, a, you'll have like you'll have a, a billboard with an ins, you know half dressed gorgeous woman, clearly trying to like use her sexuality. The, the billboard trying yeah. to use her own sexuality, uh, like sell you stuff, to sell something next to yeah. a gorgeous, like, a gorgeous like church, or they'll be like, or or the scaffolding around the church, like they're doing some church yeah, renovation. Uh, yeah, the yes, scaffolding yeah. has advertisements, and it's like. Here's a big old booby and some legs. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, oh, God. It was weird just how, like, hyper, um, like, I don't know if hyper, um, sexualized is the right word, but just definitely yeah. more They like sexual. sex the way Americans like violence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was, yeah, it was real interesting. Um, yeah. So here's my next one. Have a base and then expand from there. So. Mm. I, when I got to Austria, I like, I like it a lot. Thank you. I like this, this a lot. This is classic Luke. Yeah. When I got to Austria, I remember being like, they were doing the whole like explaining, you know, hey, do this, don't, don't do that. We're all in the room to, together. There's like about 135 of us there. And I remember I'm looking around and being like, I'm not going to travel with anyone. No one likes me. I'm going to be alone. This is going to suck. <laughs> and of course, because you know how I am. Yeah. Yeah. And now that didn't happen. 
even all. though you were there with half of your friends. I know exactly. <laughs> so for me, so I like I remember like clinging to my friends a lot in the beginning, yeah. which was great. We had it. We still yep. we had a table that like we sat at, and we, you know, it was Carter and and um like Marty and I lived with Pat and Adam and I was Ryan. It was it was great. And I, I had a really good base, and then we just like slowly, or even actually pretty, and like I'm Will and Matt, we slowly started to expand. And both as a group, as tiny groups of people, and and on our own, and that was really cool. It's one of my favorite yeah. things. There was like these little pockets of of friend groups that never happened afterwards because at times yep. they just can't. Some like stayed friends. Like, I mean, I stayed friends with like Liz and Maggie. I mean, for years. I mean, still yeah. to this day, like Maggie. Run right my wedding, you know, like it was like we're we're all like um, I consider them we did the, an episode with her, yeah, like it's almost <laughs> like family to me, you know. But like having that base gave me like what I feel like what like I need, which is like I need okay, I need a base, I need good like good people, and it really reminds me a bit of what old Father John back when he was Aaron Little told me when I was debating on, on if I wanted to move home or not right after college because I like I wanted to I had some really great buddies back back home. And, but they just parted a lot, a lot. And it was fun, but it was almost like a little bit too much. And uh, it's yeah. not like any of my Catholic friends. These are all like my my buddy. No one there had a faith um, at at all. And, you know, it would have been a party house where girls would have been would have been spending the night. It would have been really, really bad news. And I was like, well, can I be the light? Can I be the one to kind of evangelize? Because right. you know, I was known as like a religious one. And they all really respected me. And I, and I, I love them. I truly love those guys. And... I'll never forget Father John going, Christ, this is me trying to do his his voice. Yeah, and you nailed it. Yeah, Go. Christ may have hung out with all of the sinners, but he lived with the apostles. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a good line. And like, Oh, that is a good line. And I and I, I kind of equated to my time in Austria, just in the sense that like I had a base, and then I went from there, but I, could, I, I maintained that that base yeah. and I'm, as i'm in this period of having to like rebuild parts of my life right right now i'm building up that base and it's pretty cool but while mm-hmm. i'm doing that i want to make sure that as much as i can like maintain that base and then and then go from there i don't want to yeah. be closed off and just to this little group right. right here and you know i don't want to cut off the rest of the world because i met some i mean like i remember just hang i mean i I remember about the time I got to Rome, like I went to the cave with like a bunch of prods and like other people. Oh, sorry. I'm not talking, talking. to your microphone. Ah, blah, 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 blah. It's 400 episodes. Um, I remember going. Yeah, you think you'd get it. Going to. <laughs> I remember going. You are so lucky. That I'm going to beg. I'm just going to post this episode. I remember going to Rome and eating um, and eating dinner with a group of people that I didn't really um, know at all before I had gotten there. There wasn't one other um, person yeah. at that dinner who was in a like, friend group of mine before we got there, but we were all uh, friends. It just like made sense that we all yep. would be eating and and I'm um, hanging out. And I, and I remember ha- having this um, thought of, I'm so grateful for this moment. I'm yeah, s- and absolutely, and I really want to. I I want to re- remember that while I'm in this um new phase of like of um, life, though it can. If if it can be, it, it's scary. But you start by you building your base, then you maintain that base, and you go from there. And cool stuff comes yeah. out of that. I love that because, yeah, because obviously you know my my thing, and I'll just dovetail it in since we're almost at the end of the five minutes. But my thing is unlikely friends makes the experience. Oh, um, totally, totally. And there there's a girl, Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca. 
She was a girl that I got to know. I never would have been friends. I remember. Like we, yeah. She had an attractive almost sister that I was like hitting on a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. She. Okay. Yep. Yes. <laughs> but um, anywho, there were there were levels of people, and I remember at a certain point, I was um, I was alone in the beginning, somewhat often because, like I said, my roommate had already been there, and so he was focused on things that he wanted to do and whatnot. And then all the other AMDG guys were they were sophomore or they were in, yeah they were incoming sophomores, so they were all down in um on on ground floor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're all doing their own thing so their experience was like your experience yeah yeah right? my experience was i was like imagine wherever you guys were all your friend group and then there's some other guy on a completely different part of the hotel <laughs> that's right you were right, a weird spot. like can yeah. i hang out with the little ones right yeah that was me i hated i i was like the first like maybe three weeks i was deeply uh, i shouldn't say that. okay the first two weeks i felt more alone than i did feel connected Mm, right mm -hmm, and it mm -hmm, sucked mm -hmm. now there was a middle group of guys that i ended up hanging out with the whole time which is jonathan and and adam and some of those guys and i hung out with all the guys but the the thing that kind of made the experience at that time was branching out into new friendships and encountering new people so obviously i had my base and my base uh, you know in one sense was the amdg crowd in another sense it was a group of people we called the army of the absurd and we were like this group of Six or eight of us, they were little misfits, and you know, half of them start dating each other and all that stuff. But um, it was a solid, fun group of people. And we would do things like go to Salzburg because we loved Salzburg. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, like everyone else is like, we're going to go to Paris, you know, we're going to leave as soon as class ends, we're going to take the train. And we're like, we're going to be on the same train as you, but we're stopping in two hours, and you're going to be on a train for the next 24. And that's cool for you, but for us, we're going to wreck Salzburg. And Such we a fun city. It. That's awesome. It was beautiful. I mean, we went everywhere. So I'm saying this because, number one, that friend group, that was like a base. But then in Gaming and in the Cartauza and in these different experiences, I began to meet the people, the cool kids who hated AMDG. Mm-hmm. Yep. No one cares about that crap. Obviously, you still have household stuff, but no one cares about that crap when you're there. It's such a different reality and you're, you know, there's so few of this and that and the other that you're just like, you know what? I'm I'm happy to not hang out with my household brothers and to hang out with these like random five yeah. people or three people. Totally. And because we're all alone together, you know, and that that phrase we're all alone together is what makes those alienating moments palpable. So or 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 tolerable, not palpable, but tolerable. I was in vienna with the school tour and we went through the cathedral of saint Ma- or we were church of saint michael or cathedral of saint michael mm-hmm. whatever it is and we went saw the franciscan church where they bury the holy roman emperors and then we went to this place and we all had this very fancy dinner and i and all my friends grabbed seats all the people that i knew grabbed seats on one side of you know these tables that seat like 100 people and there's 175 of us plus faculty that wanted to come plus staff so there's probably like 200 of us and I'm at the opposite end of all the people that I know. And it's like week one and a half. And I'm like, God, and we are and I'm the around kind of people that that will kill us. <laughs> yeah. And I get really shy of freshman going. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah. I so can't Luke be like that. Yeah. But you, yeah. Re- you really do. 
And because it's tinged with this self-loathing, like I screwed up along the way mm-hmm. that th- that my friends don't want me. Meanwhile, my friends aren't even thinking about anything. They're just, hey, here's a bunch of chairs, and we all physically walked in the building together, so we're going to sit here yeah. together. Yeah. And I'm like, I, you know, I do that thing that high school students or middle school students do where you sit at it. Well, everyone does this, right? Where you sit at a table, and you wonder who's going to show up and sit with you because you were there first. Do you ever do that where you're like, who is my real friend? That was me no on my on my um, Southwest flights. No one wanted to sit by me. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably because you were picking the skin off your feet. Anywho, I'm not no, doing but, it right now. Um, but this at is Urs, peeling everywhere. It's a, but it, it's not. It's weird because it's like not like real peeling. It's like it's it's so, it's supposed to be peeling because it's I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, this is great. Thank you. It's but Urs, Urs and the Cartauza, or the uh, just being at the dorms. You know, the Cartauzas of the dorms was that experience for me of like here's my in like classes like. I would never sit and talk with you, but there's only eight people in our class and we're, it's already lunchtime. Let's just sit together and talk about class and getting to know these people and sometimes traveling with them and stuff like that. Like you always end up on trains with students that, you know, cause from Gomming to Amstetten and, and, and onward, yeah. it's mostly just the Gomming crowd, whether it's the locals or, or the school mm-hmm. students from that, that first 45 minutes or an hour of that train ride. And so you end up like getting to know everyone. It's like freaking Harry Potter on the train. You know, like is, you're yeah. just walking up and down saying hi to everyone. And that yeah. really those being forced to be with people that you otherwise like the constraint of the of the system enabled uh, me to get past the old connections and make new ones. And that's so important, right? It's it's not like I should not have shut down. You know, I was at that restaurant. I just shut down. I didn't talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to anyone. Poor little poor little Gomer. He was still alone. Aww. Um, I talked to a couple of the professors and I just shut down. And then by the end of the semester, you know, I remember telling uh, Becky that uh, she was my Austria. And what I meant by that was my experience of going out of myself and being friends with people that I honestly wouldn't get the opportunity to be friends Mm -hmm. with. May, is like archetypical of that experience. So I loved it. Yeah. We, we um, had a friend who we, uh, her name was, um, Alicia and she's someone that we just would never have like we just weren't yeah. we weren't in the same almost yeah. circles and uh, like she became like someone we all, all like deeply really uh yeah. cared about and we, we used to call her Al as well as hilarious <laughs> it was just it was just it was just I don't know it's just there's yeah. um, something about that when like your walls are forced to break to really break yeah. down and you take that leap really cool things happen yeah, when the when they raise your bastions for you. Exactly. Yeah. I remember uh, so Alicia was from Steubenville and we saw a Wu Tanks like thing that had been spray painted. I was like, Al, go get that. I'm gonna go get a picture. Come on, go go and stand by that. So I have this picture of her standing by a Wu Tang um graffiti. <laughs> That's awesome. Wu-Tang. All right, what's your last one, buddy? Uh I'm on number four, actually. Oh, oh right. You're one behind me. I started yeah, off. Yeah, I'm dumb. That's, I'm a dummy. That's you're you are you are fine. Prudence can be fun. Okay, so everyone in Austria always goes to kids love prudence. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's Luke to tell you more. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? Luke, you know me. Hey, keep talking. I'm going to put my earbuds in. I have to pee so bad. Okay, so everyone in Austria. Okay, back in back in our day, if you were cool, you went in the fall, and the reason why was because in the fall you could go to Oktoberfest. If you were if you were like loser, you went in the spring because you didn't care about that. And so, you know, all the cool people went in 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 the fall. Broke my heart when I saw that some people in in, in AMDG were had gone in the spring. Apparently, they changed things about certain course schedules, and you know. But I was like, oh, only losers go in in the spring. Anywho, so 
one of our professors, I believe it was Professor Fudrus, who we talked about a couple times, even on this episode, but in but in other podcasts, he was a guy who we would do the Dino DNA uh, thing. He, we were all going to Oktoberfest, and I remember he like during I don't remember how this was brought up, but during class he just goes, "All right, let me give you the speech I give to everyone before they go to Oktoberfest. It's overrated. Don't go, but if you have to go." Go during the daytime because at night it is going to be insane. You're not going to have anywhere to stay. You're going to have to sleep outside. People are going to be drunk beyond anything you could possibly imagine. It's going to be repulsive. It'll be. I'm trying to remember like exactly what he said. Like you'll see people like fornicating. Like you're going to see it's it, it, it basically is like it is debaucherous and extremely dangerous like people are going to just like smash you in the head with their with their glass stein like they're, they're going to get in, into fights it's just it's just drunken insanity it's like do <laughs> not go go during the day go right go right as it starts and then just head back after you are done he goes it's a couple hour you know train ride so we decided to do that and I'm so glad that we did because it was so much fun. We went to Berlin on Friday, and then on Saturday morning, we went to Oktoberfest and had a blast. And it was more than enough. It was more than enough. Uh, didn't feel the need to have to stay. Was pretty tired by the end. I was really just discovering day day drinking, if I'm if I'm being honest. But it, I found it. Um, but it was just, it was like, oh, this was the prudent thing to do, and it was a blast. And yeah. you and I probably both are in the camp of we have a tendency to like overcommit to almost certain things. Like, yes, we'll we'll drink before this live show, drink during the live show, then drink after the live the live show. Then Luke will be sick in a Walgreens bathroom because book your live show with us today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, we want to hang out with people. We want to be around on people. We we want to yeah. be you know like it's a good thing. It is a good thing. But we are not twenty five. We're forty. Mm-hmm. And so we can't do these things that we used to be able to do at 25, where we could have a couple drinks, pause, have a couple drinks, pause, have a couple drinks, go home, call it a night. Now it's like I will wake up 16 times, and it just I'm going to be like slow the next day, and I'm going to hate my life, and I just can't um, do that. I also need to up my like water in, in intake, but being prudent actually like I think I had more yeah. fun going there in like in the morning than had we gone at night. I think drunken debauchery becomes one of those things that it's always fun in your mind. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like if I don't keep drinking, like the drinking is the fun thing. And I mean, like obviously intoxication, there's a reason why people get intoxicated. But then on a on Oktoberfest at night, you hit a point and then it becomes horrible, right? Yeah. You hit that point yep. and you're, you can't talk, you're, you know, you're slurring every word, you're stumbling all over yourself. Everything is funny until everything is angry and like all this stuff. And there's a group of guys that all went to Munich for Oktoberfest and me and the army of the absurd. We went to, uh, I think that's when we went to Salzburg for our first big Salzburg trip. And, um, yeah, that was when uh, like the guys came back and they had these hilarious stories that I'm sure they'll remember forever. But there were stories of like, also like just puking everywhere and like all this like silliness. You know, that, yeah, it happens when you're young and, and you're not being prudent and all that stuff. But there wasn't a, a there wasn't a, um, like, a love that endured from that moment. You know, there's a haziness that kind of contaminates mm, that moment. That's a great way to put it. 
a, yeah. yeah like right yeah. like there's a there's a wet blanket thrown over it so because yeah, i'm happy I, i'm i'm happy i did what i did because it's good to go and do, it's good to go out and have a drink and and, and to have fun yeah. those can all be good like i would imagine alcohol is probably like one of the uh, like like relatively like, neutral it's all about like all about how you use it you know you can moderate it. yeah right? and like i mean me and brian so i was out in arizona this past uh, weekend as a and me and my brother-in-law uh we i think i recorded from there on friday we went out on on the saturday night we had a great we ended up being game show host for this entire bar which by the way if you two people are like listening hello thank you so much i cannot believe you are <laughs> up listening so so like we're at this bar we we ordered a we ordered this like bottle of wine and we see this and we and uh, it's basically this tiny bar and it it is in like a, a like horseshoe kind of shape and there's really only the only place that you can that you can sit is like at the bar and there are these like card games or card stuff like all like all around the bar so we played this 90s trivia game and we ended up doing it for like the entire bar awesome. and i was like the game show host pretty much and they're like you've got a great voice for doing stuff i was like well funny you should you uh, you i'll just say that while brian goes to the bathroom pull out your phones catching foxes everyone um so but like and so so then we um we were done and brian was like all right dude, i'm kind of tired i was like ah come on like i'm one more bar you know because it's be because it's me so we go to this bar a, a across the street that i've uh, talked about on here before called um the swizzle in and d's a absolute um legend there and we got gin and tonics and we we both took like one sip and i was i was like brian this tastes terrible i kind of just want to go home and he's like yeah oh me too so i just like paid our tab and we just left i got yeah. a hot dog but um <laughs> like the point that was like we were done we had we had really yeah. had our fun. The night was done, yeah. and it was good to just go home and to crash and have a. We had a great next next day. Yeah, I think of that in terms of the Sumville Youth Conferences. Mm-hmm. Like after after you do the Saturday, the Saturday is so exhausting. They always have this um, thing for everyone after the show in a hotel room, usually like a the big suite or whatever, and people prepare food, uh, like you know finger foods and stuff, and everyone just socializes and it's great and. You know, you got some beer or wine or whatever. Um, and I'm the guy that every year, because I'm so nerd, like, it, again, this is that, like, I need to establish friendships mm-hmm. with these people because yeah. I care about them. I, I don't want to feel alone. I don't want to feel like an idiot. But now, I would say for the last two or three years, I'm like, going to bed, adios. You know, it's like, I'm tired. I'm giving the talk in the morning. I'm going to be an adult and go to bed. But that, I mean, like, for some people, that's super easy. And I remember all those people would be like, no, I came here. I had one drink. I had two glasses of water, and now I'm going. And, you know, and some finger food. Now I'm going to bed. Yeah, and that was never me. I had to be there till almost the bitter end, mm-hmm. if not closing the place down. And now it's like that. That's that's so dumb. That is a dumb way to live. And you and mm-hmm. elements of you know when you're younger you can kind of handle it better. But yeah, yeah. So okay, I got the next topic. Setting the five minute timer. Last last one for me. So I originally titled this Catholicism as life because of how much these Catholic cultures kind of, but I want to rephrase it as, as feast and festival. Um, you know, one of the things about that I've learned about the liturgy is like, I, I said this to, to professor Chris Carstens today, we were chit chatting and he does the Adoramus bulletin and all this stuff, great stuff on liturgy. But I said, you know, what I found is traditional parishes really care about the liturgy. Conservative parishes really care about the sacraments. And liberal parishes really care about the community. And I just want to live in a place that cares about all three. Hmm. right? I, I want to care about the liturgy, not fiddling with the liturgy to make me feel comfortable. I want to be in a place that knows me and loves me and I'm seen, even if 
you know, they don't actually know me. You know, I want to be, I want to be a part of a community, right? All the things. And, um, and, and the interesting thing is like, when we talk about enculturation as a culture, we usually, or as a church, we usually talk about it incorrectly. What we mean by enculturation, we mean taking elements of culture and shoving it into the liturgy. And that's not what it's supposed to be, but that's absolutely what we, how can we change the liturgy to appeal to people in, this is the number one thing that everyone says, appeal to people in Africa. And it's like, you're an American living in, you know, Skokie, Illinois. What do you, why do you care so much about, like, you're just using it for arguments of having, you know, felt banners and whatever. But my thing is like, real enculturation is what happens when the liturgy penetrates culture? What happens when the sacraments or sacramentality penetrates culture? It changes the way the culture is. Mm-hmm. So we used to joke that um, you're never fully enculturated with the gospel until your your people group comes up with a pastry for that feast day. <laughs> you know, like, but it's funny. It's like you, you can go to any book. Uh, I have uh, a friend of mine and and yours, uh, Jessica. Uh, <laughs> she uh, I'm friends with her on Facebook, and every every like two days she has another. This is the cool thing I did for uh, this Saints feast day with my kids, and they're always like funny treats and stuff like that. Um, but it was like when, when liturgy and sacraments and theology penetrate into the culture, it doesn't just change the way we build churches. You know, you take the Basilica of the Greco Roman world and you adapt it to the liturgy, you adapt it. No, it, it changes the way people walk down the street. It changes the way they think about seasons and hmm. harvest, you know, like the majority of farmers planted around good Friday. Right, because they wanted their crops to be blessed by the Lord. You know, they harvested fields or they would tend to their fields so that they could pray the Angelus in the middle of the field. Bells would ring. Like everything was a part of Catholic culture that you saw. But this beautiful thing of feast, of like in America, you know, Jim Gaffigan, I think, kind of best displays this to America. But our culture of overeating, of like gluttonous indulgence, is how we celebrate. Like, what do you do for the 4th of July? Well, I blow up a piece of the country with some fireworks, and then I eat a burger, a brat, and a hot dog. Well, it is Independence Day. You know, like... Sounds wonderful. That's how we... Yeah. Right. It, yeah. And it's fun and all that stuff, but it's like... But it's, again, it, this is the, like, love the home, hate the home. This is the part of feasting that is, in, in a funny way, it's almost the least important quantity of food as it is, like, the shared meal and the very, like, food you put into your mouth is part of the thing you're celebrating and that's how cult which means worship forms the culture and hmm. that's the thing that i freaking love about europe yeah with the weird ass crompuses and the advent market with you know the advent brows that you get the beers that you get and all this stuff but there's like meaning behind why the beer like mauerbach is the advent brow that they served at urs and why it is like this, like it's a heavier beer for colder seasons. It makes you feel warmer, faster. It's not just about getting drunk and all this stuff, but it's like gluttonous gomers like, oh, that's 14% alcohol. That's <laughs> that was so great. Than wine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it tastes differently and it's meant to be like a heavier, like it's meant to literally warm you up. Um, and you're only meant to have one or two. You're not meant to have four like you did, you know, uh, Stiegel, you know, two weeks prior. That has five, you know, percent alcohol, That's or whatever it was. Right, that was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I say this because, like, that's feast and festival. Like, what the heck is a festival for Americans? A, a birthday party? Like, when, when we think of festival, mm-hmm. like, and so again, I'm going to say the stupid thing that might annoy people, but at at presentation, uh, I told my brother, 
you know, I didn't go home till 5.30 in the morning on uh, Easter Vigil. And they were like, how long was Mass? I said, Mass is two and a half, three hours, three and a half hours, something like that. And I said, and when it ends, we all throw a party and all the families are there. And everyone brings food and food enough to share. And you're like, we didn't, it was our first time going. I brought like a stack of frozen, you know, hamburger patties from Walmart. And people are setting up fryers and grills and all this stuff. And the church supplies these big open grills. And my kids were fed even before I cooked the patties because everyone brought food to share. Yeah. And then the next time we did it, which was at the feast of, um, what was the last Marian feast? Feast of the Assumption. We did another huge party. And by party, it was we all go to mass, we celebrate, and then we come out and we feast and we share our food and we spend. And I was looking for people I don't usually talk to. You know, I was trying to do the thing of of the liturgy, the sacraments, and community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was. It's just that's honestly like that's my goal from Austria. I was like a culture that it's in the water. I love right. That. It's in the water. Yeah. Yeah. All right, homeboy. So that means that for, us home. For, our bags are packed. We have our tickets send us home all right so here's here is my last one this is actually one that's like deeply important to me the lord puts puts on the things on your heart for a reason you need to follow it that's that's how you will know if it's from him or not so when i got i fell in love with france and French culture when I was in high school because I took French. I don't remember why I decided to take French, probably because of Beauty and the Beast. But like I, I just I I don't I try to remember why. I, anyways, you just love the candlestick character I, so I, much. I, I guess <laughs> for some odd reason I wanted to take French and I knew I wanted to take French. Like it, it was a choice, and I fell in love with it uh, when I when I took those courses. So when I got to Austria on your first trip, that's really like your big big trip. It was the four day or the five day break. A lot of people were going to Medjugorje. I have nothing against that. I think it's fine. I, th- I think it's great. I'm not saying you should go or you I'm should Mary's not go. Favorite. I know. That's, that's where you heard, heard the word Mary's. I'm favorite. And I remember like being tempted to go and everyone was going. I was like, no, I really want to go to France. Like I'm here. I want to go to, I want to go to France. So I went with a pretty small group. It was me and f- one, two, three, four other people. Great, great group. And th- had just, that's how I got to know like Liz and Maggie. And I think Laura Zeidler was there as well. And then Joel. <laughs> <laughs> what? I love hearing these names because it immediately snaps me back to all your drama. <laughs> <laughs> I was not like, going to go into tell me that. all these stories of all these girls. <laughs> and then when you came home, we meet them all in all of our parties that we would throw. And you're like, and, and oh, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would just be like, Luke really liked you. <laughs> <laughs> did you did like you like how, how, such a three year old? Did you like how I was like, you know, and uh, Laura Zeidler, you know, like whatever. <laughs> You know, for some reason, I followed around like a puppy dog for a semester. It's fine. It's fine. We get it off. No, she's she's great. I have no idea what she's doing now. Yeah, but, she's great. Uh, yeah. She was just a really just. So a, she's on Facebook. I, I just give me a check. Give me a second. To check. I'm not on Facebook anymore. A kind and wonderful person. Uh, I, I remember actually hanging out with her and her, her brothers one time. They were in town. I'm like, guys are great. Which that it worked out. But anyways, no. Um, what was my point? No, was that it was it was awesome. 
it was and like it was so great. Like I was like I have and I I remember kind of on the wrestling I'm with and feeling like, well the on the Franciscan thing like everyone's doing this, this is what I should do and I'm like no I I want to go to I've w- wanted to do this for years I'm here to do this I'm going to go and and do it and it was exactly it was incredible it was absolutely it was one of the best weekends of my life. The whole thing was just incredible to be able to go all over. I'd always wanted to go to Paris to see Paris, to go to, to, out to as a um, history major going to Normandy was extremely impactful and extremely moving. Oh, yeah. And it just, I remember you telling me about yeah, that. It, Absolutely. I, like it changed me. It changed me. Yeah. Like I was a different person after going there. It, it just, it, I, as much as I was like the God is not an American thing, particularly before nine eleven happened, but that's really where a lot of that died. And I thought I was like anti American, but like I, I, I've always appreciated a American, always had like a love for it. But I left, I left Normandy feeling truly grateful that I was an American and proud to be an American in a way that I just I can't put into words because you just see what that what we did for this part of the world. It was incredible. Yeah. And if I hadn't, if I had gone to Medjugorje, I'm sure it would have been great, but I would not have experienced that. And it was a, it was a very, the whole thing was, I mean, going to mass out in like Lasso, getting slapped in the face by some homeless drunk French guy in the morning in like Lasso, pulling on Maggie into some weird bar that we thought was going to be cool that was definitely on the knot. And then once we left the bar, we heard some Elma noise down in the alley. And I swear I tried to pull her away. She said I just turned and ran. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> But it like <laughs> going and I bring it up because like there's a thing I read in the office of readings that talked about one of the church fathers was going into like the Lord puts things on on your heart. And the only way to like yeah. find out if that's really coming from him or that's this if, if, the, if there's a thing on your heart, the only way to really find out that it's from him is if you have to pursue it. And so I went and like I pursued it. And I think that it was I don't think it was like the Lord's will that I go per se, but I do think it was the Lord. Affirming a like a pre, it was it, it like reaffirmed and cultivated a deeper love for a thing that was that was actually already there, and I one hundred percent think it was the right thing to go to up France as opposed to go to uh to Medjugorje again. Not that going to Medjugorje is bad. I'm not I'm saying that at all. But yeah. it just it was for me that was the actual more important trip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Are you on Laura's Facebook uh, page? I am. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's, she's got such a, a wonderful family. I haven't, I haven't seen she's her. She's got like, a beautiful family. She's so they great. Like, they're like the perfect home. She's like family. the all American girl next door. <laughs> like I remember sitting on the f- her husband's a handsome guy. They've got these perfect. <laughs> That's kids. awesome. Uh, I remember we sat on the flight next to each other going out going out to like going out to Austria within like five minutes. I was like, yep, going to have a crush on you. <laughs> just like you're just the all American girl. So I have no choice, but to feel a lot of, a lot of, um, like, like a lot of like affection and sadness. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah. No, we became very good friends. Very cool person. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is, um, nostalgia, right? There's a hurt and an ache that makes these sweet memories bitter. You know, you can't go back. All we can go is forward. But look at look at what is forward, right? Look at what has happened. Look at our lives, you know. Mm-hmm. Look, look, the people who have met the people that have changed their lives forever. And we will always carry a piece, like the impact 
of their lives on our lives, the impact of their goodness in our life will, will forever be a part of us, right? Mm -hmm. Even if we become jerks, there was at least a season of our lives where, you know, these good people made us better, you know, and, um, and we can, we should never lose our gratitude for that. So sometimes it's fun. You know, I was giving you crap on the text message about always living in the past, but, um, the reality is it takes it, it is good to look back from time to time Agreed. to not live in the past, but to remember it and to take those things that matter most. And things like a top 10 list of your studying abroad can actually make you say like, yeah, man, that was awesome. But look at who I am now because of it. Exactly. You know, exactly. And and I wouldn't change it for the world. And there are things that like and why I wanted to do it like um, like um, this is there are um, things that we experience we can still reflect on and understand now through a different angle because of time yeah because of yep. things unlike maturity to the uh, to the fus class of 2025 or 26 oh. enjoy the heck out of austria and if i could give you one piece of advice it's ignore whatever your advisor says get to austria <laughs> enjoy that semester but we have a friend Agreed. who every time we bring Agreed. up austria he's like wasn't that great because his advisor was like i don't think you can graduate on time if you do that and maybe he couldn't have but uh i would say prioritize a semester was, abroad yeah and if, if you guys are out there and if you're i'm hearing this right right now cherish every like second of it and just like just go all out yeah oh just sorry <laughs> Well, you turned sideways as you were saying your beautiful thoughts. I was saying no, but just yeah, just like just go out. Yeah, just, just like I remember a person telling tell, telling on me before I went like just enjoy hearing the gravel under your feet while you walk to mass. You'll never hear that again. Oh, that's so you know? true. Who said and, that? Uh, oh, she was in the flowers, blonde hair. Um, it's your face. What uh, a great. It was line. Carrie. Carrie of something. Oh, Carrie. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, what a great line. Yeah, you will yeah. I, I truly, Agreed. truly, mm-hmm. the gravel under your you feet. Just, like, like when I hear that sound, I think of going to Mass. Oh. So I want to end with this story right here. One of my favorite stories yeah, from Austria. So we were at Urs. It's our first big weekend. I'm over there, and I'm you know chatting it up with all these sorts of people. And, and I'm, I'm sitting down with... Christina and Avery, I want to say maybe Liz Umdanik, and then this other girl, she's had a drink or two, and she just stops and goes, Can we be friends? You always talk to Christina and like uh, Christina and Avery, and you never talk talk to me. Can we please be friends? And I just went, Who are you? <laughs> she goes, This is what I mean. Can we be friends? And I was like, Sure. Yeah, okay, I'll, whatever. Anyways, I, I met this blonde girl. It's cute, you know. And, and then she was just like, "No, can we be friends?" That girl was Maggie Smith. No matter what she says, she begged me to be her friend because every time I would talk to Avery or Christina when they were freshmen, they were all um, friends. I would always talk to Christina and Avery, and I didn't know Maggie, so I'd barely talk to, t- talk to her. The most, the honestly, one of the most definitive relationships of your life. I know exactly. <laughs> That's right. Started. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just, I have I, I remember bringing up over and over again. You asked for this. You wanted this. You can't you be mad. <laughs> you asked for it. You know, she's one of those people that I'm so happy is a part of my life through you mm-hmm. because I never would have gotten to know her because, you know, she was a part of a different household. She went with you yeah. to Austria. Yeah. Like my paths did not cross with her, but especially as young adults, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, in your, your terrible dating life, getting to know her through the, <laughs> through your terrible, terrible dating life. <laughs> and she who shall not be named, may the Lord's blessing, peace be upon her. <laughs> but I, I just think of like people like that, that we would never have in our lives. Mm-hmm. Have we not, had we not taken that risk to go to a foreign country with your school? So with a base in order, yeah, in order to just annihilate your limited horizon so thank you luke for this walk thank you yeah this was fun if you guys want to talking to the uh fus student life office right now if you want to fly us out there for a live show we would be um, my passport is updated yeah, i would literally i mean what like, let's do it yeah i <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna say you don't have to pay us but i'm a step away from saying <laughs> Yeah, if you could just physically get us out there, preferably in like um, a comfortable seat. <laughs> I just cut my foot on the. I want one of those pods that the Emirates <laughs> use. <laughs> They're like, actually, Luke, you still owe us. <laughs> yeah, Luke, I'm so happy you did this podcast. It turns out we can't release your transcripts because you never actually graduated. <laughs> you don't, don't, don't. Could you imagine? Now Luke has to go back to Franciscan. <laughs> I would move immediately into like I'm one of the projects. I'd be like, I would go right into 1523 and just be like, get out, get out right now, get out and go get me a tiny dog somewhere. If you don't mind, go get me a dog. So I, I, so I can have a dog here. Dog. And I need you to move John, Adam, and Gomer here too. But everyone else, yeah, get out. Come on, let's go. Uh, and then what's funny is you would step out we lived in 1523 and you would step outside of our unit 1523 and you would look at the world all that the sun touches and you would go holy crap campus has changed and then right then the credits roll and you'd hear larry david's uh (laughs) the music from that sitcom would come up you know whatever Uh, yeah so it was because everything has changed it is so different now in terms of their buildings oh, yeah. and stuff. I saw oh, like yeah. an, an overhead shot the other day, and I was like, what is this place? Yeah. It's great. God bless you. <laughs>